Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Like, if there's three of us in there watching the game, then Sway the whole the night can, like, can revolve around that. Yeah, and then, you know, hey, ladies, you know, come on in, come in, we're talking and blah, blah, yeah. blah. You know, you're watching the game. You just, come on, you got to fool them. Come on. Yeah. Oh, got to fool them. Got to fool them. All right there, big guy. What's up? Hope everybody enjoyed their Thanksgiving weekend. Food, drinks, football galore. I know I was full. This is Chris Sims Unbuttoned presented by Verizon. I like to throw that in there. Mm-hmm. I should. I have to throw <laughs> it in should, there. you should, yes. Um, what's up? You have a good weekend? It was awesome. Thanksgiving great? You, you would have been proud of me at Thanksgiving. Yeah, so right. my wife and her mom, they, they just they made everything all day without any kind of peeking around and See what we were up to. So it was it was football all day. At the okay, that's house. good. Good. I heard yeah. now you were like Clark Griswold yesterday, and you were cutting trees down too. Yes, we went out and cut down a Christmas tree. Actually, two. Yes, one for the kids, one for the main room. Right. Uh, I, did, I did your hand ever get on a saw? It did because this is how it works. Yes. So you drive out here in New England, like every turn there's a Christmas tree farm. Right. And I asked, I'm like, where's the saw? Like we walk up, they're like, you got to walk out there where the trees are. So I walked out and pulled it off the rack and handed it to my wife. Gotcha. And my wife and my youngest son are into that kind of thing. I, I did wear a flannel shirt and like a hat. Wow, That Clark. made it look like the part. <laughs> I, but I, I, I I just stood there. All right. Yeah. You didn't get involved at all. You didn't no, get no. no arm workout in it. There, there, there is a portion where you have to, someone has to hang onto the tree while people are laboring down there, cutting down the tree. Right. So I held it to make sure oh, it didn't fall over man, that, on my youngest son. You okay? Are your arm tired today? Barely. You all right? Barely. You good? Yeah. But it all went fine. All right, good. You should totally do it. Uh, I, at some point, I would like to. I don't know if I'll be picking up the saw to do that either. Yeah. But it's not happening this year, I can tell you. It's too late now. We're going to buy a Christmas tree, and that is that. Here we go. <laughs> it's week 12 in the NFL. All right. It was a great day yesterday. I mean, first off, Thanksgiving. We had the surprise of Washington dominating Dallas. Mm. Deshaun Watson was awesome. Yeah. Yesterday we had Brady Mahomes. We're going to deep dive that game right mm-hmm. there. We're going to de- deep dive Kyler Murray versus the Patriots defense too. Watch that film back. Can tell you a few things from there I think that are interesting. And as always, Paul will drive the ship, and we're going to hit a little bit on every game that happened uh, on Sunday. That's what we do on Monday. And you already mentioned it a little bit, but yeah. Mahomes against Brady – we knew we wanted to watch that one closely, and then it turned into a very good game. Lots of numbers, lots of great passes. Uh, let's start. For those of you that are with us on, on YouTube and can watch, you can take a look at these numbers uh, put up by the Kansas City offense. Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek Hill were kind of accustomed to this, yeah. but even by their standards, it was off the charts. So I'm glad you picked it as a deep dive game. And let's start right there. I don't want to take this for granted when they're making these kind of connections and putting up these kind of numbers. 
What stood out about what they did yesterday? All right, well, first thing, you know, the TV can lie sometimes, right? You think, oh, man, you know, why did Todd Bowles play so aggressive on Tyreek Hill and do those things? Listen, was he a little over-aggressive? Yes, okay. But I know, you know, maybe I thought it was more too aggressive. And when I watched back the film, I went, all right, yes, they got burned a few times. But, you know, I, I can't sit here and just totally fought fault Todd Bowles all the way. I mean, first off, like we said, Tyreek, Mahomes, they're special, mm-hmm. right? They were on fire yesterday. Mahomes was throwing, had made some throws that were just unreal in the football game, all right? And I think Kansas City's offense has kind of reached a new level here where you can't just play, oh, we're going to play soft zone and bend but don't break, and they'll lose their patience. No, that that's over. We, we've, they've already cured that. They've already proven to the NFL that – we saw the Raiders game last Sunday night. They were willing to go six and five mm-hmm. and six and five and say and do that. They have enough of an offense now to where you can't play sit back and zone coverage and think, oh, we'll we'll make a few plays and get off the field. No, they're, they're, so that's not going to happen. They started off the game trying to play zone, but it was they were getting picked apart. And that's, of course, defensive coordinators are going, man, I'm not going to sit here and just let them pick me apart all day. So he tries to take a few chances. All right, so. Hey, the first touchdown pass, the 75-yard touchdown mm-hmm. pass. Let's cover three. It's not man-to-man. Carlton Davis is wrong for one aspect. He has the deep third. Let them throw the 10-yard out route. Let them throw it. You're not in charge of that area. I know it stinks that they're going to get that completion, but when you play Mahomes and Tyree Kill, sometimes you got to go, ooh, I'll give that up so I don't give up the other 65 right. yards on the touchdown pass. And so he makes a mistake there. Flat out. There's nothing you could say about that. Then, you know, you go into the next touchdown pass. You have the Tyree Kill 44-yard pass, the deep crosser that yes. we see them so good at, right? Right. Breaking that down. Now, that's man-to-man coverage. Now, I think, yes, Bowles is a little frustrated at this point. Mm-hmm. He's going, damn, they're picking me apart in zone. You know, I don't want to sit here and just die a slow death. So he's trying to pick his spots of when, all right, I'll play man-to-man here because they got a lot of weapons and I don't want them to get a four-yard completion or whatever that is. Well, Carlton Davis, man-to-man, on the inside of three receivers to Tyree Kill, running three verticals to the left. This is a, a concept we talk about all the yeah. time with the Chiefs. Yeah, it's an impossible can you spot. Play, can, can a no. team play man-to-man against the Chiefs? You can, but you have to do it the right way. But, but somebody's going to end up on Tyree Kill. No, you're right, and that's where you have to be creative of – at times doubling them, at times you're playing man-to-man, but the free safety is really cheating over there or giving the quarterback, you know, what we would call bastard looks, yeah. right? To be like, hey, I'm over here. It's really it's really cover two. It's really cover two. Oh, it's single safety. It is man-to-man, but I'm kind of hanging out here right. still too to where you don't feel real comfortable about it. Right. This was just like, hey, it's you and him, the whole field. Go Which ahead. Is just, I mean, that, that's, it's I mean, is that an accident? I mean, that's the only way you can look at it and say, well, that wasn't supposed to happen. He didn't really think that any one of those guys could stick with Tyreek Hill. So He's gambling a little. He's taking he a calculated a risk there. So right. to, to the way that yeah. you kind of summed it up a, a moment ago, you said, yeah. you can play man against the Chiefs, but you have to do it the right way. Is that right way with the true double team or with the true man free, with the free safety is patrolling the whole field, but he's really patrolling Tyreek. Yeah, I think there's, I think all work. You know, the teams that I've seen be successful, whether it's the Raiders when the first time they beat the Chiefs, the Patriots when they've given the Chiefs issues, you know, certain plays, they just go, we're doubling them. Yeah. We're playing man-to-man, we're doubling them. Hey, this play, it's man-to-man, but safety, 
you know, cheat over there and help out a little bit. Oh, oh, it's single safety man to man, but we're going to, you know, have two safeties in the middle, one deep and then one being that robber rat to just kind of, hey, you know, again, that helps a DB too to go, okay, wait, I got help inside. I can take out the outside, even though it's still man to man, there's areas where I'm less vulnerable than others, right? So you can change it up this way. This way was just like, hey, screw you. It's the fastest guy on the planet, and we're not helping you anywhere. Right. And that is impossible. I've only seen really one guy, as I mentioned on the show this morning. Jalen Ramsey's the only guy I've seen that consistently you could go man-to-man on an island, no safety help, and he's hauled his own against Tyree Kill. Anybody else in football, even Stephon Gilmore, needs help at times. And uh, that was just an unenviable position for Carlton Davis, who's a very good football player. Yeah, Yeah. And and he played very well against, was it Aaron Rodgers and and his receiving core recently also. Just say this with Carlton Davis, because people are going to go, oh, Carlton Davis, who is he? And I don't know, Pete, Pete, where's he rated his PFF ranking and Carlton Davis and all that? All you need to know is this, okay? Carlton Davis, I'm sure his PFF grade's not going to be great because he's put in tough positions. Yeah. They obviously think he's damn good enough to be on an island Tyree Kill. Now, did they miscalculate that a little bit? Sure. <laughs> Overconfidence. Okay, but yeah. that's still telling you what type of player they think he is. Yes. And Todd Bowles and Arians and them aren't that stupid. I mean, they're not that far off. And, yes, so they abused that a few times when they got one-on-one or at least in a one-on-one opportunity with Tyreek and Carlton Davis. A couple of follow-ups here. Yeah. One, I'm going to lean on uh, one of our friends here. This is a question from Twitter at MikeyTroy65. And you've touched on this a little, but yeah. maybe it's a different way of getting, getting at it. What's your opinion of Todd Bowles as a coordinator for Tampa Bay? His defenses are statistically good, but always seem to wither in big games. Yeah. If you have a thought there, uh, there are constant coverage miscues and an inability to adapt and contain the opponent's best weapon. Thank you. Love the show. I, I think there's, I think there's some real. What I would say, the inability to adapt and take away the team's best weapon is what bothers me more than anything. Now I'll go back to, you know, Vita, Vita Vea not being able right. to play and being out for the year has changed their team a little bit. They're not as good as pass rushing. They're not as good as dominant up front as they were in the run game. Vita Vea was a hell of a player and really made JPP and Shaq Barrett even better because you couldn't step up in the pocket. So that's, that's made them have to tinker with some different things. Um, I, there's inconsistencies. Hey, they're young on that defense, and especially in the secondary, so they've messed some things up throughout the year. There's no doubt about that. Has there been some wrong approach by Bowles in certain games? Yes, you know, I, I think there's been games where you go, wait, why are you playing so much zone and letting Drew Brees just pick you apart and do that? You know, or Teddy Bridgewater and Pat, like, get in their face. What do you get scared of? You know, but there's a balance here with Kansas City. And to where this went with Todd Bowles, too, he made some right adjustments as the game went on. I mean, we saw Kansas City went to a lull the second half. They did. Now, a little of that is Kansas City, but. You know, we which talk, part of the Bucks defense was it? Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, talk, I'm gonna get to okay. it right now. So right. this is where it's like, we have the first touchdown pass, the out and up versus cover three. We have the second touchdown pass, the inside deep crosser with the three verticals. Okay, mm-hmm. that was five man rush, one on one. Man, I would have loved that extra rusher who didn't get close to the quarterback to be back there helping out against the fastest guy we've ever seen in football. Mm-hmm. Man, that'd have been nice. Oh. 
Third touchdown, perfect throw down the sideline, empty set. Candidate for best throw of the year. B- right, right. Yeah. I mean, laser beam, like, right by Carlton Davis's ear, who's yeah. in great coverage. He was right there. I right. Know. So, it's great coverage. All right. Guess what? What? Five-man rush. Right. Yeah, bro, really right. Stop that crap, okay? Haven't we learned you can't blitz Patrick Mahomes and five-man pressure ain't going to do crap? That's not going to do diddly shit. You're wasting your time. Go kiss your sister with that crap, right? right? I mean, that's what you're doing there. Yeah. And the game went on, and, hey, they still dabbled in man, I mean, in some zone coverages, because you can't play man-to-man right. every play, but they got into some third downs where they doubled Tyreek and doubled Kelsey. Oh, it's just a four-man rush with everybody back, right? And, yeah, they're really playing no safety in the middle of the field, but taking away some things that, you know, threw some curveballs at the Chiefs' offense, who, you know, as I said, kind of stalled out uh, late in the game. But very yeah. late in the game, a little bit over two minutes left, they got the ball back. The yeah. Bucs had just scored. So if they get a stop, maybe give up just one first down or zero first downs, they're going to get the ball back and have a shot. Yeah. They didn't even come close to stopping them. I, I think they reeled off maybe three consecutive first downs. Right. It was Mahomes back there doing a variety of Mahomes-type things. But what happened at the end there when they had showed promises? Yeah. Of, or it was a promising second half stopping Kansas City, but then when they absolutely had to have it, I know. not a shot. Well, this is what's frustrating about Kansas City, and we're going to get into this aspect of their offense here in a minute too because it's just I'm, I'm sick of this, you know, oh, attention to details, Brady and the Bucks, we're coming out firing, laser focus, laser focus. Whoa, we're kicking their ass. Hey, this is fun. We're in Tampa. It's cool. Look at the palm trees. Oh, wait, we got we to execute again? No, wait, the games were only up by three with four minutes left? And then they, they all of a sudden they execute. And you're like, what the hell are you doing? You know, at the end of the game, you know, Mandy calls a few good run plays. Mahomes scrambling. Yes. Really is what closed the game out. I mean, he had a, two scrambles for a first down. You know, one, uh, you know, one early in the drive where he scrambled to get a first down to the right side. And then he had a second down where he kind of moved around and ran to his left and found a gap and got a first down there. So that... And then just a few creative short passes, like especially the last one. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about the last one. You know, you'd have that old sprint left option play, Who was right? that one too? That was the Tyree kill to end the game. Yes. He caught it right on the boundary and then went down, right? So, you know, they're running sprint left option. The old, you know, Joe Montana, Dwight Clark in the back of the end zone to beat the Dallas Cowboys. But they're going to do a different route combination. You know, Tampa's playing two-man. They're playing two-man. So they're going to let their corners be aggressive because they know it's, it's you know, I think it was third and six, maybe third and seven. We want our corners to be able to be aggressive to not give them an eight-yard completion or a nine-yard completion. Well, all right, so Mahomes gets the ball. He sprints to the left. It's Watkins and Tyreek Hill to the left. Watkins on the outside, Hill on the inside, and they do a switch release. Watkins goes over the top. Hill comes underneath. So what does that do right there? Carlton Davis can't follow him underneath here he can't because if he follows him underneath he's going to be trailing him and then Mahomes is just going to throw him a line drive and he's going to get a first down he's going to be one-on-one on the safety and who knows he might score so Davis knows this he knows that teams pick when you get into these type of defenses he goes over the top and of course in going over the top he has to respect Tyreek Hill's speed too now because he's a little bit of a catch up let me meet him at this point spot and then Tyreek Hill throws on the brakes and there's Mahomes hitting them on the right. money, and that's the game. But, the, the, I mean, those type of plays that close out the game should mm-hmm. have been done 40 minutes before. You know, that's what's frustrating about Kansas City. It was 27-10. to 10. 
They got the ball twice at 27 to 10 and didn't go down and get more points to put the game away. And he misses McCole Hardman on an RPO, right. wide open up the left seam. It's a touchdown. You know, Mahomes could have broke the passing yardage record yesterday. He really could. As awesome as the game as it was, he left. They left yards on the field. That's what's amazing about that. He was thirty-seven to forty-nine. I know. Four sixty-two. I know. Yeah. I but the, but you know, they have nine zillion dollars on their offensive side of the ball. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I said this this morning on the show. I have friends that you know text me and, and football friends. They're, oh man, this Kansas City defense—they can't close it out. Blah, blah. It's not their job to close it out. At no point have we mistaken them for the Steel Curtain or the Baltimore Ravens with Ray Lewis. The money and the team is on the offense. The offense is supposed to close the game out. They didn't do that. That was what was a little they disappointing. They did at the end. They did at the end. They, they close, close it out. The out. They yeah. just don't. They they. They flirt with danger and then close it out, and that's what I'm saying. Before we get to Tampa Bay and some of their issues and what's been going on there the last month and what happened there yesterday, we talk so much about Mahomes and Tyreek Hill and what you're supposed to do there. Yeah. We haven't even said the name Travis Kelsey, second in the league in NFL receiving yards. You did bring up the fact that Mahomes is now able to be more patient, more consistently. Right. So let's wrap up that side of the ball with what is the right way? What's the right mix of man and zone when you have Tyreek Hill Mahomes, you have as a supplement Kelsey, and you've got a more patient Mahomes while he's still very explosive. Yeah, there, there's really, like, there's no magic answer. Wouldn't you be better off leaning more on the deceptive zone than trying to be risky and play Definitely. man? Definitely, yes, yes. And if you're going to play man, you got to. it can't just be man-to-man and we're rushing five and everybody's on an island or we're rushing six. Like, you got to have man-to-man with guys in the middle looking to hit crossers or clog up crossers or, you know, man-to-man, like we said, where, okay, it might be, you know, a defense end who jams the inside receiver while he's being played to man, and then he spies the quarterback. and do st- You have to give them different looks and, yes, change it up, disguises. You just got to give yourself any advantage possible. Right. The one thing I can tell you not to do on a, on a consistent basis is blitz and play man-to-man, right. and that's the issue. You know, you can't sit back and play zone all game, and that's where I think Todd Bowles got frustrated because they had no answer for the RPO game. You know, Mahomes and them were faking runs, and they, they were there was holes everywhere to throw the football. So he was sitting there going that, and Todd Bowles going, damn, I can't keep playing zone. They're killing my the RPOs. So that changed it up a little bit. But, you know, either way, it was a great game by Mahomes, Kansas City, but they left points on the – yeah, on the on the scary. Uh, yeah, I mean Travis Kelsey, the first touchdown or the trick play where he tried to throw it to Mahomes, mm-hmm. today, run it in. It's it's a touchdown. He he gets cute and tries to throw the ball because he wants to be reverse Mahomes Kelsey and be Kelsey to Mahomes. Yeah. But last thing to say on this side of the ball, when they have Sammy Watkins back, mm-hmm. which they did yesterday, they become to me they go into another stratosphere of dangerous because it just becomes whoa. It's just hard to match up with all these guys. I don't care, zone, man, whatever. It's just he gets the ball into any of their hands, and it's dangerous. And, man, if they can get Watkins, McCole Hardman, Tyreek, and Kelsey all healthy at the same time and hitting on all cylinders, I just I don't know how you stop. You don't stop this offense. You don't stop it. Right. You stop them by them not scoring 40, you know, and Which you just keep did. them to yeah. 27 or 30. Right. About as good as it is, but you're also depending on them to like fall asleep at the wheel a little bit too. Which, which I, I think I've been, I, I was thinking watching it yesterday and watching, listening to you talk about the second half. Yeah. They kind of did do that. Kind of yeah. fell asleep a little bit, but then woke up enough at the end to keep yes. the ball away from them. Exactly right. That gets us to the Buccaneers. Uh, yeah. 
offensively. Right. And Tom Brady. They follow up that loss to the Rams. With this loss, they were in position by, by keeping the Chiefs to just 27. About a month ago, we were talking about this team as maybe the most complete team in the yeah. NFC. Right. Uh, w- with the thought of what happened yesterday, what's going on with this team that's clearly taken a step back? Yeah, well, you know, we mentioned the defense and, you know, just a little of the issues there. Offensively, I, I feel like it's a little bit of an identity crisis, a little. That, that would be the first thing I would say. And I still, I'm not backing down. I mean, I, I, you know, they still have the potential to be the best or one of the most complete teams in the NFC. You know, yeah, it hasn't been perfect, but man, there's a lot of good things to like about their football team. We'll see where it goes. But on the offensive side of the ball, Paul, you know, again, you know, I just, at times, yeah, it's a lot of good players and it's Brady and there's a lot of good too. I just don't know what, what is the attack plan. What should it be? Well, you know my thoughts. I'm a big believer in the best offense I see and some of the best plays I saw yesterday were two tight ends on the field and Brady underneath the center and then pushing the ball down the field aggressively. That, to me, was the best thing they did. You know, early on in the game, you saw them getting the shotgun and the spread, right, and do all those things, and it led to nothing. They had third down problems. You can't go 0-4 on third downs against the Kansas City Chiefs in the first quarter. And, you know, they're playing the shotgun, spread it out, but Spagnuolo's got creative blitzes and fake blitzes and all of those things. Mm-hmm. And Brady's not the type of guy – to where, all right, at 43, or really at any point of his career, you know, where it's going to be like, oh, wait, you know, they're blitzing. Oh, it's a fake blitz. Oh, let me move around and make something happen. No, he's kind of like, oh, wait, it's a blitz. I'm going to get it out. Oh, wait, it's a fake blitz. Oh, it's too late. I'm trying to throw a safe ball. Oh, it's off his head and interception. And the numbers really support what you're saying about the pressure. Last four games, Brady against pressure, he's 46%. They got a pressure problem. One touchdown. Yeah. Four picks. Yeah, they got a pressure problem from two different ways here. One, the system doesn't always help out. Like, the answers when they're in the shotgun and some of those things I think are a little predictable. Like, Spagnuolo knew where they were trying to throw hot routes on a few of those shotgun, I'm going to throw it. He had a good feel for he's going to go to the slot guy. Mm -hmm. Hey, linebacker, fake blitz and drop right here. You know, so they had a feel for that. They don't have great answers that way. And then I think the second part with the pressure is, you know, Brady can't move. He doesn't move at all. In fact, you don't even see the pocket manipulation like you saw in New England, like you saw anymore. And I don't know if they're not coaching him the same way. Pocket manipulation, you mean? Like in like, Brady used to be the king of, you know, I'm in the throwing position. Ooh, a little slide, little slide step here, a little slide step he there. He was even doing it last month. I, I, but whatever reason this it's month, gone away. it's gone into just get at the top of his drop and he just sits there and he doesn't move. And sometimes his feet are flat and he's, there's no hop or anything. But yes, he's had issues throwing under pressure, making the right read, and making the appropriate throw, and that led to some issues in the game yesterday. And in a close game like this against arguably the best team in the NFL, right. you, you can pick out two situations that really relate to what you're saying and what we saw against the Blitz. Main differences, three-point difference, third down. Mahomes was much better on third down. Right. He didn't throw a pick. Brady threw two. Right. I mean, you, you could we, we could talk about 100 different things, yeah. but if you want to boil it down to two things mm. – Third down and it's take a great care of the ball. It. One guy was really good. Yeah. The other guy was okay. Right. I, I, and listen, third down is, as you know, and, and a lot of times the in one. the NFL, it's, it's the play. It's a lot of coaches would tell you that's quarterback down in the NFL. Third down, 
I can't be right all the time as an offensive play caller. The quarterback's just got to make a throw or make a play sometimes because, damn, they're coached good too, and they got good players too. So you're exactly right. I think third down, and we saw one quarterback thrive when he got blitzed, and another one who, yeah, was hit or miss. Yeah. You know, he made a few good throws against pressure yesterday too. Yeah. You know, and we saw some completed deep passes. That was encouraging because we have been missing that. Yep. But – yeah, overall, I think some of those issues, you know, of course put them in the hole. And at 27-10, they had the ball twice and drove down the yep. field and blitz interceptions, you know, ended those two drives. To your point about the the deep ball success, the lack thereof, the previous four games, he was one out of 19. Isn't that crazy? I know. It's unbelievable. It is Almost unbelievable. Almost like a typo. I know. Throwing the ball 20 yards downfield. Yesterday was four out of seven for 152. Yeah. So that was a whole lot better. Uh, I want to get to a question from social, but one question as I watched yesterday, it's great to see Gronk playing a bigger role. Do do you think he's too reliant on him sometimes? Yes, I do. I do. I think in any big situation, it's too much of, let me just find Gronk. Yeah. He's one-on-one. Let me throw it up to him. And I think that's probably where Mike Evans is like, hey, what the fuck? I'm one-on-one too, and I'm pretty awesome too. Yeah. You know, but no, yeah, Brady's comfortable with it. And as we always know, Brady wants to throw the ball over the middle anyways. That's kind of what he does. So Gronk's right there in his vision. He's big, Brady's big, and he knows where to kind of place the ball to where he can get it and and only he can get it. Here's a question from some dude. This is either a a Twitter handle or Pete labeling himself some dude. I'm not sure which one it is, but the question about the Chiefs defense, uh, Pete said it is. It is you or it is somebody out there? It, oh, it, good, it is a Twitter good. person. Okay, some, some dude. dude. Uh, Chiefs defense is having a lot of trouble generating pressure with four. Will that cost them in the postseason? Well, it, it is what they are. You're right. I mean, it's not, it has not been great as far as just Frank Clark, Chris Jones in your face all the time. Hey, it's not an overly, overly talented defense. But yeah, all they, along we've said it just needs to be good Just got to be good. And that's right. And then Spagnolo helps them out with what he does on that side of the ball. So they're a feast or famine defense. You know, you look at the game yesterday. It, it's, it's all out blitz or it's fake all out blitz and everybody dropping to coverage. It's really all the two things they do. And that's how they to- toyed with Brady on the, on the first few third downs of the football game was, you know, it was, uh, let's see, th- uh, all out blitz on the first third down. And then he had a, you know, it was the 10 nothing Chiefs lead, and it was a third and two, and they faked the all-out blitz. And uh, there was miscommunication because Brady's receiver wasn't looking hot, but he threw it hot because he thought he was going to be blitzed, but they dropped out. You know, and then, then it's 17 nothing, and it's a third and two. And, again, the Chiefs are showing all blitz, and they fake out, and there's two droppers in the middle. They're ready for the short throw and all those type of things. So uh, what am I answering here? Is the pass rush thing going to hurt them? No, I don't think it is going to. Yeah, I'd love to see Frank Clark and Chris Jones dominate a little bit more if I'm a Chiefs fan, certainly. Um, But I think the Chiefs, with Spagnuolo's coaching and everything they do, are just about maximizing what they got on that side of the ball, I guess is what I'm trying to say. And don't always expect it to be perfect. And to what I said earlier here, don't expect the defense to be the thing that has to close the game out. Yeah. You know? Hey, Tyree Kill's one of the highest-paid receivers in football. Kelsey's one of the highest-paid tight ends in football. You know, we know what Mahomes is making. Watkins is making good money. You know, your left tackle's making good money. Your right tackle's making good money. 
the team is there for the offense to put the game away, not the defense. And, you know, I know I want better from the defense, but I don't think that's going to be a huge issue okay. is what I'm saying. It was yeah. good to veer down the, the lane of the Kansas yeah. City defense a little bit to answer that question. Uh, but let's wrap this one up yeah. with the Tampa Bay offense. November was pretty hit and miss. Right. It was up and down for that group. If Bruce Arians gets up there on a, on, on a whiteboard and says, okay, December, number one thing the offense has to do better uh, to get us back to being talked about maybe as the most complete team in the NFC, what would you put at number one? I, I would say, like, finding an identity. Let's find a theme in which we want to play. Do we want to be a two tight ends team, run the football, play action pass? You know, when we do drop back, we can keep one of those tight ends to max protect. And you like that? I like that. To me, that's the best bucks. To me, that's where there seems there's a culture war right now in Tampa Bay. For my money, it seems like Brady wants to be in spread out, shotgun, I want to throw it and get it out of my hands quick because I know he, that's, he's the one that wanted Antonio Brown there. I mean, yeah. I know that. I don't right. need to be right. thinking. I know. So Antonio Brown is there because Brady wanted more weapons to shotgun and spread. I think Leftwich and Arians are going, no, that's not what we want to do. We want to you know, kind of run it, and we want to protect you and take some shots and hope you hang in there and do that. To me, that's when they're the best. When they were down 17-nothing, even on his shotgun, empty, right, the Gronk pass down the middle, right. it was a two tight ends personnel set. So that gives them coverage benefits. It makes teams less apt to blitz because they're worried about if they do get in the running formation with the two tight ends, we're going to be a little scared to blitz. But between that and then the start of the second half, Hey, anybody go back and look at that. They run, and then there's a play-action pass. And guess what? It's Gronk wide open down the middle of the field. They only end up with a field goal. But those are the things that I like best when I watch their offense. And, you know, even uh, their, their, their second-to-last touchdown drive was more of that type of stuff. So I would like to see that. Mm -hmm. That's what I would like to see. I don't know if that's going to happen or not. It sounds like a problem with, with the quarterback of that stature wanting to do one thing and the coordinator and head coach wanting to do another, if that is indeed the I, case. That's what I mean. I don't know if that's the case. All I can tell you is I know what Bruce Arians and Leftwich mm -hmm. offense has always looked at, and it looked like more the two tight ends. We want to throw the ball down the field. Yep. I know the way Brady wants his offense to look, and I, and I know this, that he wanted Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown is in Tampa because of Tom Brady. So I don't think he wanted them for the two tight end sets. Mm -hmm. I think he wanted them to so I can get in shotgun and I'll figure out where to go. It's just it's not the same offense as New England. I don't think they're made and built to six yards Welker, Amendola, Edelman. You know, that's not those type of receivers. And Leftwich and Arians don't have that type of offense. And that's going to be kind of the interesting to watch here down the stretch. Fun watch. Almost 1,000 yards of total offense. Chiefs beat the Bucks 27-24. KC 10-1. And, and cruising Tampa Bay. Still in decent shape, but retreating a little bit there at 7-5. That would be dangerous, though. I mean, to, you know, yeah. Tampa's one of those teams. They just got to get in the tournament. They get mm -hmm. in the playoffs. A lot of teams are going to go, damn, we got to play Brady. Right. The Bucks coming into They'll town this week. That'll be scary. Yep. Around any corner. Within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win, defeating every shifting threat, protecting our nation's future. The few, the proud, the Marines. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. 
Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. It is time now. Take it up to 100, presented by Head & Shoulders. Pete's coming up with nice themes here. He, he may not be some dude out there in the Twitterverse, but this is two weeks in a row. Yeah. He has good themes. So th- this is the big division wins edition of Take It Up to 100. Let's begin with Derrick Henry, the Chiefs. I'm sorry, the Titans beat the Colts 45-26. 27 carries for a buck 78 and three touchdowns. And just numbers are great, but when you watch, you're like, this looks unstoppable. It, it does look unstoppable. I mean, yeah. I mean, geez. Derrick Henry is just a specimen of specimens. And he's getting into the category of, you know, really it, it's starting to go into, wait, he's, he's not only getting into, like, he's a really good running back for our era. This Derrick Henry, you better watch out. He's starting to become, like, hey, one of the better running backs we've ever seen in the history of the NFL. That's where he's starting to do. Right. Look at some of the stats and things he's throwing up there. It's like Walter Payton, Barry it's, Sanders. It's, it's only crazy. the greats. Earl Campbell, Jim Brown, like 150-yard rush games with two touchdowns. Mm-hmm. It's like he's the, him and those guys have like more than anybody. I mean, he's doing special, special yes. stuff. And, and it's special stuff when they really needed it. Remember that Thursday night a couple weeks ago when they were struggling and the offense couldn't really yeah. get much done. Since then, against yeah. Baltimore and Indy, right. 55 carries for 311. And it's, it's a time when Ryan Tannehill hasn't thrown the ball 55 times, and he's carrying it that much. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. It's old school. I feel like I'm watching my dad and the New York Giants back in 1990. Hand it off to Joe Morris. Hand or... it off, hand it off, and then, oh, it's third and long. Okay, dad, Ryan Tannehill, throw a strike, and then we'll hand it off, hand it off, and then, oh, it's third down, throw a strike again. I mean, that's kind of the way they play. But with Henry, it's amazing. For a big sledgehammer back like he is, the fact that they can get him on the edge as much as they do, and he's just as dangerous there as he is in between the tackles. The start of the game was really, it was like, it must have been an overcompensation from the first matchup, where it just seemed like the Titans were like, we know you got eight guys in the box. We're going to cram you all in there, and we're just going to let Derrick Henry get on the edge. And they found a lot of cool ways to get him on the edge early, and then they get you spread out that way, and then he starts to hammer you up in the middle. But I've never seen a guy that size, that fast, change direction as easily as he does, you know, start and stop and do all those things. Um, phenomenal. And, you know, for the last thing for head and shoulders and take it up to 100, all right, he – should is a three-man MVP race to me right now. Derrick Henry. Right. Mahomes and Rodgers. To me, I'm taking those three above everybody. Russell Wilson's right there on the edge. Yeah. But Derrick Henry needs to start being introduced in this conversation. How could he not be? Right. I, I don't know why, but I feel like I haven't heard his name a whole lot. Maybe yesterday we'll finally do it. When was the last time a running back – I passed a quarterback for that. I think he, Adrian Peterson, when he Adrian tied Peterson. that year with, he shared it with Peyton Manning, Is that 10, I believe. Ten years ago? I want to say it's 09, 10, yeah. somewhere in that area. I think that's probably more, more the habit of looking for the, the hottest quarterback on the best team 
than recognizing what well, Derrick Henry's doing. You're right. Well, and you're exactly right. I mean, that's what, what – okay, the quarterback on the best team is always an MVP candidate. I understand that. All right, well, what if the quarterback is not the focal point of one of the best teams and it's the running back? Well, he should be a legit MVP candidate. Yeah. I mean, just like Kansas City and Green Bay, their offense runs through Rodgers and Mahomes. Same thing in Tennessee, except it's a running back. And uh, just amazed at him. I mean, I love the guy and I love the player. It's amazing. Say that one more time, Pete. Peterson, 2012. Oh, he won it outright. Yeah. Okay, okay. And it's not only the the yards he's putting up. It's no coincidence that Brown and Davis, seven catches for 168 yards. That's over 20 yards per catch. Yeah. It has a lot to do with the fact that the defense is most worried about that big guy running you over. Definitely. And then they're they're not a dink and dunk offense. So when they run the ball a little bit, they're looking to capitalize with big plays. And A.J. Brown – you know, like we're going to talk about some receivers here in a little while, but he's just perfect for that offense. Yes. You know, uh, he, he's a running back and a wide receiver's body. Or wait, he's a wide mm. – re- yeah, he's a ru- – am I right? Maybe yes. some tight end in Yes. I mean, he's so thick and powerful, but he can block. And then catching the ball over the middle and breaking tackles and doing all that, it's the perfect fit of scheme and player fits our scheme. Same with Derrick Henry, A.J. Brown. And then Corey Davis, similar, but a little bit more of a route-running niche he has within the offense. And, man, when they're all healthy, and if Jono Smith is healthy, you start to go, damn, Titans offense is scary, scary dangerous with weapons. One-game lead now in the AFC South. Yeah, they got Uh, it. Let's also hit on Debo Samuel here on Take It Up to 100. 49ers beat the Rams 23-20. Career highs, catches 11, and receiving yards a buck 34. Yeah, I mean, I I went, you know – yesterday and I'm going man they didn't they haven't handed the ball Debo's got no rushes right and I watched the game back this morning well yeah it wasn't rushes it was a bunch of the speed sweeps yeah. speed sweep speed sweep nice I mean, for quarterbacks numbers oh too, my right? gosh I mean really where were those really right <laughs> I mean well, how many yards would Dan Marino have thrown for if that was a thing in his year I mean he would have been throwing for 5,000 yards every Little year in the middle Mark of the Duke 80s right Clayton, yeah I mean that's it's insane but Shanahan is amazing, and they're a different team when Debo Samuel's on the field because of that aspect. You know, again, one, yeah, the speed sweeps, the reverses, everything he does, he helps out the run game. And then, you know, him and these tight splits where they throw him slants over the middle or play action little crosser over the middle, like an A.J. Brown, Mm -hmm. he hits it at 100 miles per hour, and he's another guy that's like a running back in a wide receiver's body. They're built like running backs, but they play wide receiver. And... There's just – there's no regard for contact. They don't care. They'll oh, – what? Middle linebacker? I'll put my head down and shoulder down and run you over just like you're a small DB. Um, but Shanahan was awesome yesterday, and Debo Samuel can make that offense electric at times. Great games, Derek yeah. Henry and Debo Samuel. That was Take It Up to 100, presented by Head & Shoulders, available at Walmarts. Moving on to Chris Sims' next signature edition here on a Monday. Damn okay. Damn. Cue the music. Cue it. Damn. Delayed. I'm okay. <laughs> Damn. I'm okay. Yeah, no, I mean, yes, I'm okay. The legal gambleizing. Oh, baby. I am Chris Sims. I'm okay. Damn. Okay. Pete says we're, we, we have some backups playing today. So maybe, uh, you know, just a, a second. A second? A, a second oh, delay. Oh, a little delay. Yeah, That's yeah, right, yeah. right. It I happens. Know. 
Yeah, we got to, you know, every now and then the backup it's quarterback's got to be play. ready to go. Let's go. This is the keeping playoff pace edition yeah. of Damn OK. Right. Aaron Rodgers, ho-hum, 21 out of 29, four touchdowns, no picks. Yeah, night-night Chicago, see you later. Uh, you know, you turn the ball over like that, Chicago does early. Rodgers, you could tell from the get-go, was on his game. And then the other thing that's just like, damn, okay, sorry. It's, uh, you know, Chicago with Noah Keem Hicks. That was a big issue because, you know, with, with the Keem Hicks in there, now you can go, all right, I don't need to be all in on the stop the run. I can maybe keep my safeties back and just trust my front seven to stop it. But with him not there, we saw early on Aaron Jones up the middle a few times, and I just went, oh, no. They're running the ball a little bit, and yeah, Rodgers looks on fire. The Chicago's got no chance. And, you know, between Trubisky making a few turnovers and their offense being crappy, once they got the lead, you just you knew it was over. One of my favorite things to watch now when watching yeah. the Packers is that and he's it's a look that's all his at nonchalance, but very serious and kind of walking up to the line of scrimmage real slow. My oldest son, we're watching, he goes, do you think he even gets nervous anymore? No. Because he has that look like, I know. okay, I'm going to throw a laser to somebody. I'm not sure who, but I'm not too worked up about it. Oh, if they the entire can, game. I, it's 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 always like a little shit-eating grin he's got on yeah. his face, right? Like, I got you. You're yeah, uh, yeah. I'm toying with you, but I'm gonna screw you over here in a second. I yeah. mean, he is unbelievable. Of course, you know you always like guys like him, Mahomes. They always crack a smile and can do that. Why? Because they're comfortable. They're the best players on the field. So it's like, hey, this is fun. I'm in the backyard with my friends again, right? Everybody else is like fighting for their life and trying to like, oh my gosh, what do I gotta do? I gotta play good. I gotta be perfect. Blah, blah, blah. Special talents like Aaron Rodgers don't have to worry about that. Um, but like I said earlier, has to be in the MVP conversation. You know, I think right up there with Patrick Mahomes. And he's on fire right now with defensive recognition, always getting them in the right play, always making the right throw. And if they can get the run game going a little bit mm -hmm. like they had it last year, you know, with Rodgers and Adams and, you know, MVS and Lazard all coming along along with, with Adams at receiver there, uh, they, they could be really dangerous. Like, they're, they're playing some good offensive football right now. And with the corners back healthy there, that's a big boost for that Packers team too. But that was an impressive butt whooping last night. Eight and three, comfortable three-game lead in the yeah. NFC North. Staying with Dam okay, thinking yeah. about the NFC North. Don't pay too much attention to it over here. But here come the Vikings just yeah. a little bit and Kirk Cousins. Yeah, I mean, clutch in the second half. I mean, really, first half, ugly game. You're going, all right, Minnesota looks a little bit better. It's going to be ugly. This looks like it's going to come down in the end. And then they have the tur 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 uh, two turnovers to start the third quarter. Jeremy Chin gets two back-to-back -to -back touchdown fumble recovery scores. Like, that's unreal, first off. And, hey, he's done a great job for awesome. them for a rookie yeah. I mean, he's super talented, as you can see. All you got to do is just look at his body and look how he runs with the ball in his hand. You go, damn, I think he might be good. Hmm. I mean, he's a specimen. But no Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson, man, I just I don't know what to say about the guy. You know what's funny? And it's I didn't mean it to be like this, but again, him, Debo Samuel, you know, A.J. Brown, it's this similar type of guy. Hey, I'll run block. Hey, I'll go over the middle, no problem. He's a little bit more of a true wide receiver instead of that running back style, a guy that, that, that uh, Debo and A.J. Brown are. He's a better route runner. I mean, Justin Jefferson is a special route runner. But really, 
I'm just so impressed with him. Whether he just wants to beat you with pure speed, it doesn't blow you away, but it's good enough. And then, you know, down in the red area, he's great for two reasons. You know, one, he's got a big body and great strong hands. So like the first touchdown, he runs like a little post route. He sets the guy up with a little lean to the left and bam, sticks his foot in the ground. And, you know, Cousins knows if I throw a ball up by his head, he's going to catch it. I don't care if a safety hits him. or Boom, touchdown. Great, easy. Second touchdown he gets, they fake the slant. He runs really aggressive inside like he's going to run a slant route. Of course, the corner's got to respect it because he catches some slants. Sticks his foot in the ground, comes back out wide open. I mean, that's where he's special, too. For a bigger guy, his ability to stick the foot in the ground and break in and out of uh, routes, very impressive. But, yeah, awesome football player. and We're going to be talking about him for a lot of years here. It would be fun this spring if we have the kind of uh, wide receiver class to talk about. The, oh, the my gosh. That, that, was, that was a terrific group. Good to see him coming through yeah. here in the fall, too. So let's reheat, uh, reheat the Kirk Cousins conversation because yeah. we, we seem to have this about this time. Every season, LA Goat 10 asks, why does Kirk Cousins continue to get so much hate? He's not one of the best quarterbacks in the game, but he's extremely accurate and is asked to make a lot of tough throws behind a shaky offensive line. Love the pod. Appreciate that you guys hit every game. Uh, just to sprinkle in, Minnesota's won four out of five. Yeah. Cousins was 12 out of 15 in the fourth quarter. He's easy to jump on, and the narrative has been written for a long time, so a lot of people have a hard time getting out of it. You know, the, the team that drafted him, wasted their time trying to crap on him because they still wanted the RG3 thing to work. That's right. Right? So they were mad. Like, how dare you middle-round pick show up our second pick of the draft? How dare your second pick of the draft pack it in and think he's running the organization? Don't get mad at Kirk Cousins for it. So that already started a nasty narrative. And then there became, oh, he doesn't win in prime time. Okay. <laughs> well, you know how many of those games in prime time he was actually on the better team? Like, almost none of them. So – I don't know. This is not Aaron Rodgers or Patrick Mahomes. This is Kirk Cousins. He's really good, but is he them? No. Right. But, you know, it's, it's always pretty high-level football from him. And then here's the third thing. So it's narrative, right, that's already kind of been written in that primetime narrative that goes along with it. Oh, Kirk Cousins can't win a big game. Yeah. Okay. It's such a, that's, I don't like that narrative. Right. I, I don't. Okay. And then the last thing is his contract negotiation. Bothers people. What? Kirk Cousins got the only $84 million contract guaranteed ever. And, you know, don't hate the player, hate the game. Mm -hmm. Just because he used it to, to work in his benefit and expose the NFL and use leverage and all that, don't be mad at him for that. Right. Come on. And I think it's those things that don't give him the – or people won't give him the respect. And, uh, of course, I disagree with it. I think people get way too wrapped up in what 10 or 15, $20 million a, a season used to mean – 5, 10, 15 years Definitely. ago. Doesn't you're mean right. the same thing it's now. not. At all. No. I, I don't think you can attach it to that. And if you're not one of the top five or six quarterbacks in the game, and you're not one of the five or six worst, everybody else in the middle, you can get creative with numbers and stats and wins and losses and say, this is why he sucks. Yeah. And that happens to, to Cousins a lot. It does. So it's, it's not fair. You put a support system around Kirk Cousins. And he's like good. Like I said, yeah. You know, again, I'm not trying to sit here and tell you he's Russell Wilson or Mahomes or Rodgers. But you can win, and you can go to a Super Bowl and win a Super Bowl with Kirk ranked? Cousins. I had him right outside the top ten. Right. You know, ten through fifteen. Yeah, somewhere right? in there. I want to say yeah. twelve, maybe okay. maybe right around there. It might have been That's, thirteen. Yeah. Um, but the one thing I always respect about him, he never makes excuses. He's tough as hell. His ability to read a defense and pull the trigger and throw it is as good as anybody in the sport. 
And he's in an offense right now that really doesn't even utilize all that he has to give. You know, his, you know, like a Brady, if it was a more intricate drop back pass game, he could pick you apart more and more and more and more and more. But Kubiak doesn't have that type of drop back pass game. So that doesn't necessarily take advantage of all his strengths either. But Sean McVay and Kyle Shanahan love Kirk Cousins. I'm pretty sure it's not because they think he's crappy and stupid. It's because, oh, they think he's good. He's pretty damn right, good. Right. Before we move on to the next guy here, and you mentioned Jeremy Chin a little bit, and Mehmet305 brings up some good points here. Just going to mention them before yeah. we go on. Jeremy Chin makes a strong case to become the defensive rookie of the year. 13 tackles, career high. Two fumble returns for a touchdown. You talked about yeah. second player in NFL history with two fumble returns for a touchdown in a single game. Fred Evans did it back with the Bears in 1948. Wow. Okay, the next dude up here, Jarvis Landry. Whoa. Browns knock off the Jags 27-25. Cleveland is 8-3. He had eight catches for 143 yards. Yeah, I mean, Landry Landry really is, again, I, I like he is like a Debo Samuel or an A.J. Brown. Very physical. You know, yeah, physical, over the middle. You know, he's in the trust tree with Baker Mayfield. That's the other thing I always look at because – Baker Mayfield, for whatever reason, is very comfortable throwing the Jarvis Landry. I mean, there was a few throws in the game yesterday where I went, oh, don't throw it, and he threw it. And I was like, whoa, great throw, and wow, that was gutsy and great catch in traffic by Jarvis right. Landry. I mean, there was, there was a few. But, yeah, I just think, you know, Jarvis Landry's attitude fits that team perfectly. And that offense is exactly just like the offense we just talked about. I mean, Stefanski came from Minnesota. Mm -hmm. is doing the same type of things. It's not – Overly complicated. Hey, yeah, you're man-to-man. -man. Okay, we'll hit you here and there. But the boot game, the play action, you know, we're going to work you as you're coming across the field and doing all that. And he's perfect for that because he's fearless, he's tough, he can run block, you know, and he can, with the ball in his hands, make people miss and get some extra yards too after the catch. And that's where he's awesome. He had a really good day yesterday. Evan Ingram, Giants beat the Bengals 19-17. They're 4-7, tied with Washington atop the NFC East. That's a career-high 129 yards, and most by a Giants tight end since. Ooh, hold on. Don't tell me this. I'm going to say Jeremy Shockey. There you go. Okay, bam. I was hoping you are going to go Bavaro with your trivia? dad. Is that good there? Am I the quarterback trivia has kind of gone away a little bit. <laughs> it's, it's gone away this week? Like the Buccaneers' consistency. It's, like, <laughs> it's out there somewhere. We'll bring it back in next you week. Know, we got lots of football to talk today, so maybe other, we just Other have things to do. But, yeah, Evan Ingram, most for a tight end for the Giants and Shockey back in 2007. Well, this is super talented tight end. I mean, there's been some inconsistencies and drops and things like that. I mean, Pete is probably in your ear talking away right now because he's got all these giant at, at talks. At this moment, I don't hear him. No, okay, because Pete Dimalito no. Lilitis, he's a diehard blue. He you says know. Giants are the best. Yes, the best. He's, 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 we're big blue through and through, no doubt. Ingram – I think, as Giants fans would all say, we've seen the talent. Yeah, he's had some health issues, been some drop issues here and there, whatever. But yesterday, I think, shows it. I mean, first off, his two big pass plays were basically the same play. It was almost the same formation. I got to look at the route concepts on the other side away from him, but they split him out to mm -hmm. the one side, and they just go, let's see the matchup. Oh, they're putting a safety on Evan Ingram? We like Take that. It. Good luck. Great and throw, too. Great throw. Yeah. I mean, Daniel Jones, is he's a pretty on-the-money thrower. I mean, you give him a little daylight, he'll, he'll get it in there. But two go-routes, basically, just beating safeties off the line of scrimmage, and Evan Ingram has wide receiver speed at the tight end position. He can be one of the best pass-catching tight ends in football. He has that type of talent. Yeah, that was good for him to see. I mean, my man Daniel Jones, I hope he's okay. Because, yeah. you know, 
they can win the division if he's there. I don't think they can if he's not. He's not yeah. You know, Daniel Jones, his high-level throwing – and then the, his running just brings another little element to the offense that, yeah, it's not overly complicated or overly talented, but it's just one little good extra enough. thing that gives him enough. Exactly. Yeah, good right. enough. So right. four and seven tied with Washington Giants. Big blue. Three straight wins for the first time since 2016. Pete did not put an exclamation point after that. But wow. It's, and it was mind. Oh, it's there. He, he, he placed it there. He's, he's there. He's very, very excited. All right, film deep dive number two. Patriots yeah. beat the Cardinals 20-17. to 17. I, I always find interesting things to dive into with your deep dive picks, but I'm really glad you picked this one because my biggest question from the entire weekend, what did Bill Belichick do to keep Kyler to 201 yards total offense? Not just passing, but passing, running combined. Yeah. Just 201. Well, I know you've heard me say this, and I'll, you know, I'll say it again. First off, I mean, it's Bill Belichick. There's nobody better in football, game planning, taking away what an offense does best, anything like that. You know, I think the second thing I would go to, and you've probably heard me say this a few times over the last few weeks, you know, the Arizona offense does not pose a lot of problems to defenses. And I mean that as a scheme-wise. Even with Kyler Murray back there? Well, I'm just saying the offense. I'm not saying him. He's the problem. So if you can kind of slow him down, the offense doesn't, isn't as exciting. Just as we saw last week with the loss against the Seahawks, just like we saw with the Hale-Murray game where, again, that game he's thrown for 198 yards if he doesn't hit the Hale-Murray pass to touchdown. So there, it's showing you that if you slow him down, mm-hmm. the offense actually isn't that good. Makes what do you me, want to go? It reminds yeah. me of listening to you the past couple of years talk about Russell Wilson, the Seahawks offense, this way, that you wish they would help him more. Yes. They kind of wait for him to be Russell, the MVP, right. to carry them through. Right. And there are ways they could help him make it easier. Yeah, right. Same thing with Arizona? Same, a little different style and approach. You know, it is, of course, you know, they're always about the spread concepts, doing that type of stuff. Now, they had a different approach on offense yesterday that was interesting. They tried to get big and play three tight ends. And, and Pete, I don't know if you can look it up here on the fly, but how many times did the, the, the Cardinals play two and three tight end sets yesterday as compared to maybe the rest of the year? It seemed like more. I would think their big reason is why do we want to let New England put all their great secondary and linebackers and safeties on the field and make things real confusing on us and all that? Mm-hmm. Let's just try to get in some of these sets here and get their slow base personnel defense out there because they have some really slow middle linebackers when you play baseline. And I think they thought, we'll do that. We'll run it on them because they're not great at stopping the run. And then some of those tight ends every now and then will split out and get in the shotgun, and those slow people will still be on the mm. field and we'll make things happen. At Tanner Morris yeah. 51, yeah. asks a question here via Twitter that I think is right in your wheelhouse for what you're thinking about right now. Did the Patriots secondary just do a good job on Arizona's receivers all day, or did Kyler leave yards out there and miss open guys? Watching on TV, nothing looked easy for him. No, nothing was easy for the offense all day. There was not open receivers where I came away going, oh, man, Kyler's missing it. And then to me, this is where the flaw of the offense is a little bit. And I think, you know, Cliff Kingsbury's trying to fix it. He's trying to have more of a run game and do more. It's his second year in the NFL, but I've been saying this for the last few weeks. I feel like teams have caught on to Arizona's pass offense. 
They've figured it out. Ooh, this personnel, this formation, it's this combination, it's that combination. And I think there's a legit feel here. And I think New England had a legit feel for it as well. Let alone they made it, hey, we got good cover corners. They're always coached well, zone or man. But the biggest thing they did more than anything was they didn't let Kyler Murray run and make crazy plays, whether it's extending plays or just running up and seeing the Red Sea part and now he's going to run and turn the afterburners on and do that. They did, whether it was all-out blitz and whether it was all-out blitz or the fake the all-out blitz as we always see, mm-hmm. or, hey, it looks like it's all-out blitz, but we're going to double spy you with two guys on the inside there, and they're dropping back trying to take away the inside slant because really Arizona doesn't throw over the middle unless it's a blitz, quick slant over the middle. Hmm. So – New England knew that. Right. I mean, if I know that, I'm not studying the way Bill, the Belichicks are. Yeah. I mean, I know that. So, yeah, what did they do? Oh, okay, hey, look at all these people at the line of scrimmage. It's going to be blitz. You're going to have to throw it over the middle and get it out of your hand quick. Boom, boom. Oh, oh, there's somebody there. You can't do it. Oh, you wanted to run? Hey, they're there too now. Now you've ba- broken the pocket. But that was, I think, the big thing overall was now they did rush some five-man rushers at times. They made an effort to go – Okay, Kyler Murray, you're not running up the middle. They always mushed the middle to where he couldn't just pull it, tuck it, and hit some seam at a million miles per hour. They always had people on the inside. And then the guys on the edge, we've talked about this before too, they didn't really rush. You know, they just kind of came in, they got on the edge, they kind of read him. Oh, wait, he's looking this way. Let me get my hands up. Let me jump. Let me try to. Oh, wait, now he looks like he might be tucking it. Let me get ready. I'm not going to let him get outside of me. And they were phenomenal with that aspect of their team all day long. Check and see what he ran for. Five carries, 31 yards for Kyler Murray. That that is not a whole lot. No. I'm going to back up. Pete Pete actually found this. Pete, great work. Arizona 12 personnel, 31% in the first 10 games, 41% yesterday. Okay, so so a little bit more. Kind of an uptick there. 29 of 70 plays yesterday, they used 12 personnel. Okay, so 29 of 70, yeah. And I I thought even there was a few snaps of 13 personnel in that game as well. But... um, there's another place I want to get to. Yeah, Pete, go ahead. Take me there. Pete, yeah, can we show Kyler's rushing the first nine games against the last two games? Uh, I, I'm going to guess it's gone down quite a bit from what we got used to early. There we go. First nine games there, Chris. 9.7 rushes a game, only five the last couple. And the, from 67 on average down to 23. Uh, and 10 touchdowns to none. So that's been limited quite a bit. Definitely has. And I think in a huge way. You know, one, hey, he's a little banged up. Maybe that scares them from running the ball a little bit. I don't think that's the case. Teams have to be defending him differently, right? Seattle, Buffalo, New England all had a pass rush plan for Kyler Murray. And option goal number one was not to let their his legs ruin the game or make us have to do now defenses we don't want to run. Because now his legs have ruined us, and now we got to call something else, and now you're compromised with DeAndre Hopkins one-on-one or something else down the football field. And that's really what I've seen more than anything. Teams have taken the approach of, I think we got a good feel for the offense. Mm-hmm. Let's just not let him beat us. And let's see if the offense and Cliff Kingsbury and everybody can dial up something to hurt us. And that just has not been the case as of late. So that pass rushing plan and scheme that you mentioned from the DNs kind of coming hard for two or three steps and then waiting to see where he goes. Yeah. Other teams are doing that as well. Definitely. You know, we saw the Miami Dolphins do it a little bit in that loss, right? And then 
the Bills in that game, and I'm going to look up. I don't think Kyler Murray ran for many yards in that Bills game. Oh, yeah, 11 for 61. That's that's not a big day. And there was some quarterback design runs in that in that game as well. But yeah, I think um, New England took the approach yesterday of either we're going to rush three or rush four and have two guys in the middle kind of spying you, or we're going to rush five and three will be right up the gut so you can't run that way. And then the two guys on the edge are going to just kind of play it and just watch you. Yeah, and, and that was really their approach throughout the game. And if they didn't blitz, they wanted to play zone, just like they did against Lamar Jackson. Because why? Why do you want to play zone? You know, if you can and you feel comfortable about your zone coverage against a certain play or whatever else, you always like to play zone against a quarterback like Kyler Murray because if he does run or break the pocket, all eyes are on him and now you can rally to tackle. And I learned that from my days in Tampa with Michael Vick and all that. Yeah, that, we wanted to play zone when you played him. Mm-hmm. So, oh, no, he got outside. All right, now we got eyes on him. We don't have guys with their backs turned downfield playing man-to-man. And now he's running up the sidelines untouched for 40 yards. Let's go out wide here with this one. Yeah. Stephon Gilmore against DeAndre Hopkins. He only had five catches, 55 yards. How often did those two match up? Yeah, a, a decent amount. But they're not playing as much man-to-man as years past. That, that would be one thing I would say about New England. It's still a good amount, don't get me wrong. But, man, the last two years before this, I felt like it was like 90% of every game was man-to-man, man-to-man, man-to-man. Now they change things up a little bit. And um, I, I don't know how many snaps he just went mono mono on him. But I know DeAndre Hopkins certainly didn't pop on the film, nor did they do a whole lot to really kind of get him open throughout the game. Per PFF, Gilmore allowed three receptions, 25 yards, and four targets to Hopkins. Yeah, there you go. And that, I mean, that seems right. I think he got the best of it. Um, I know Hopkins had one big catch, I want to say, on, on a zone coverage type of play. I can't remember it exactly uh, off the top of my head. But I just want to make sure. You know, I wrote down, you know, the middle, the Pats, mush the middle, edge rushers waiting for Kyler. I wrote everything about the game plan is really just don't let Kyler run and make plays. And I wrote Cardinals can't create a big play. You know, they really can't. And, of course, those events that happened before the half, that was a huge moment. It's 10-7. to He throws a slant route that gets dropped for a touchdown. Man, 17-7, the Patriots might be done. Yeah. I don't know if Cam Newton, that offense, can come back from 10 points. The next play, Keyshawn uh, uh, Johnson over the middle. Knee goes down just before he reaches over the goal line. And then they go for it with Kyle, uh, Kenyon Drake up the middle. That was a huge turn of events right there in that point there. And, uh, you know, of course, of course gave the, the Patriots great momentum going into the second half. Which one of these two teams do you think will be the, be the more significant one late December? Which of the two teams is more um, – One month from now. Because, yeah. I mean, I, I would have said – I wouldn't even ask the question I know. three weeks ago. No, no, it's a but real Arizona, question now. And the way you're talking about defense is figuring out Kyler a little bit. Yeah. I think Arizona's in trouble. If you made me bet with Arizona, I would say they don't get in the playoffs and they fall out of favor here down the stretch. Rams – Niners, Rams again, even the Giants with that good defense. Yeah, I, I, I would say they don't make it. That would be my – and I'm not saying the Patriots make it. I don't know about that either. I mean, they still, of course, have an uphill battle, and they got some tough games on their schedule as well. But it's, it's arrow up there, as arduous as it's been. They've won three out of four. 
Yeah. Belichick has always said the season doesn't start till after Thanksgiving. Right. I mean, uh, agreed. And they, they were real close to winning four out of five. I mean, but they got Chargers, Rams, Dolphins, Bills, Jets. Nothing's easy for them. I don't feel comfortable with either team. Right. But I, like, I think to what you're saying, the Patriots, the arrow's kind of pointing up. Mm-hmm. Arizona is going down the last few I, weeks, I and that's, that's what's concerning. the headline of this yeah. conversation I was gathering. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com, to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. All right, you ready for some self-scout thyself? You know it. All right, this is the hot seat edition. Ooh. Pete's on a roll here. Anthony Lynn, the game management as the Bills beat the Chargers 27-17. Well, game management has been an issue all year long with the Chargers and Anthony Lynn and clock management and what to do. No, I got to see the whole game play out. Um, But, I mean, hey, listen, the end of the game is really all you need to know, at least as far as that mistake there, is inexcusable. You throw a Hail Mary, Mm -hmm. no timeouts to catch the ball, and then you run the ball up the middle? I I don't even understand how that happens. I I really don't. I don't get it. Um, so that was, like, really, really weird to me. But I think is a little bit of a, a thesis of the year of just where, like, wait, you did that or why or how your special teams. You know, I know Anthony Lynn is, is on the hot seat. I'm sure he is. It hasn't been a good look. It's never a good look when you have a top 12 defense and a top five offense and, and you're 3 and 8. And you're losing. That just yeah. tells you there's a disconnect there with something that's going on in the field. And uh, that's, I think, what's the, the big concern there. To echo that, at Mitch Mike Matt uh, via Twitter says, think the Chargers need a new head coach. That play calling by Anthony Lynn at the end was unreal. If it does play out that way and they are looking for a new head coach, what an attractive job that oh, would be. no doubt. I mean, if, if, People if, are going to beat down doors. If that's that what that they job. do, I mean, they should have attractive candidates lining up. Yeah, you got, you know, you got defense with some real big parts already in place speaking of joey bosa right oh my gosh i yesterday. mean holy, six tackles for loss holy joey brosa yeah spring game numbers insane you know had a big fourth and one stop the sacks everything like that i mean it looks like he's healthy yeah. and as you know when i mean when he's healthy he's he's dominant he really is but yeah the, the that was an interesting game just overall because i would have expected more of an air show and both defenses gave both quarterbacks some issues. Right. Definitely. The Bills showed the ability 
to win a game with their defense and their run game for the most part. Yeah, and we haven't seen them do that all year long. Singletary and Moss, 20 carries, 141. I mean, that's, that's a shocker. I mean, that really is. I would not have expected that. And if they can get that aspect going just enough, like what you talk about, like the Chiefs don't need to be the best defense right. in football. They're just good. Yeah. If the Bills can just be good on defense and have somewhat of a run game, I would go, ooh, that would change my overall thought about what they could be in the playoffs, and hopefully this is the start of something like that. Winning combination when Josh Allen, 18 completions for, for less than 10 yards a, a completion. I mean, that, that run game was something they really needed no, yesterday. No, but you can't throw a Hail Mary for 55 yards. <laughs> That's where we started. And yeah. then run the ball up the middle with Austin Eckler. Okay, with all that time that ran off, it was just insane. It really was, and and uh, just just horrible clock management. Staying with the hot seat edition here on Self Scout Thyself, the firings this weekend, unfortunate time of year. I mean, we, we saw it earlier in the year as well, but the Lions let go Bob Quinn, general manager Matt Patricia, Jaguars fired Dave Caldwell. Well. I, you know, I, Detroit. I feel bad for those guys. I mean, I worked with them in New England. Um, Matt Patricia. You know, I, I think he's a better coach than he gets credit for. You know, the first thing I would say with Detroit, you know, to me more than anything, there, there's mistakes to go all the way around. There really is. I don't look at the talent of Detroit and go, oh, wow, Bob Quinn really set up Matt Patricia to succeed. And I know Matt Patricia, you know, he had his, his own issues as well, whether it was disgruntled star players or whatever. And I'm not blaming him. It's just the facts of the matter. Mm-hmm. With guys like Darius Slay, and that, it just wasn't a good look. And then when you're not winning football games on top of that, I think that the Ford family had just seen enough. And they said, okay, it is what it is. Let's move on and try to find the, the next regime that can help out our organization. If you're leading that next regime, are you keeping or letting go of Matt Stafford? Um, I'm probably moving on from Matt Stafford. Yeah. I think that's run its course, you know, and not to say, again, he's the issue either. I just think it's one of those Are things where – somebody you've supported. You've had him in your top I ten. Definitely. I know you like him. Yeah, I, mean, I do. I it just, hasn't worked. No, it hasn't worked, talent. and some of that is for him. Sure, you can blame him, but, you know, as we've talked about, it's been a lot of years there of him with no defense, no run game, no pass protection. Uh, but I do. I look at that one as just going, I think the time has come. Part ways, Detroit, you need a new look. Be good Matt for Stafford, I think you're ready to get out of Michigan and get a new look too. How about the Jaguars firing Dave Caldwell? Well, I, I, that was one that I would tell you I, I think has been long overdue. I don't know what to say there, okay? It's I mean, been a lot of years of, of uh, top five gosh. picks and one playoff appearance. Yeah. That's all I can really say. I mean, hey, yeah. They, they And they drafted Blake Bortles. It's well, a, that's a a, you can't forgive from. them for that. That one, what were they thinking at number three? That was one of the worst picks ever, and I'm not even joking about that one. Yeah. But, yeah, uh, I, I just think uh, I, wasn't, I was surprised Caldwell didn't get fired last year. I think that was the big thing to me. And, hey, you know, there's been some good picks and things like that. But overall, for where they are from when he took over, there just hasn't been enough of an improvement or enough of a mainstay towards the top of the NFL to sit there and go, well, let's give it one more year, one more shot. All right. Uh, it is time to go with Give Me the Headlines presented by Hyundai. And let's begin with, uh, oh, I'm sorry, this is the least to most surprising blowout edition. <laughs> okay. Of, of the uh, of, of give me the headlines. Don't worry, Hyundai. I'm going to give you some good <laughs> headlines here. Saints beat the Broncos 31 to three, and I mean, interesting, unfortunate, um, tough game to watch, quarterback wise, with Kendall Hilton going one out of nine. Poor guy. I mean, he was a receiver. Yeah. In the practice squad. I mean, come on. 
you know. The storyline there with, with all three of those quarterbacks in, uh, you know, couldn't play because of it's COVID. crazy. I'm, I'm stealing your thunder here. No, that's What's good. I like it. I wanted you to give me a headline. <laughs> I was going, please. I, you know me. I'm silly. I mean, I'm silly. No QB, no win E. Okay, sorry. Yeah, you're not going to win if you don't have a quarterback in the NFL. Very Adam I Sandler-like. Mean, legitimately don't have a quarterback. Yeah. Like you said, a receiver playing quarterback. And, yeah, that's just an impossible position for, for the young man uh, Hinton and the Denver Broncos team all together. Would you like to see Hinton's passing chart? Sure. Yeah? I'd like to see it. Pete yeah. says we have it. There we Whoa. go. Okay. Whoa. He was man, one he for spread nine. that ball around. Two picks. Now, again, he played a little bit of quarterback at Wake Forest, but this is a wide receiver from the practice squad. Pete, what would you say, pal? <laughs> He's... Oh, he, he was yeah. taking shots down. Well, the yeah, apparently, like the right side. Uh, apparently, well, you know, sometimes when you got a quarterback that you know is not a quarterback, you just you just try to go, hey, it's one on one, try to throw a ball up there, yeah. do those type of things. But yeah, tough spot for him. And hey, I'll give the Broncos a little credit; they hung in there as long as they could. Yeah, I mean, the, the, it was zero zero still in the second quarter. Speaking of Taysom Hill. Minus 16, 78. Yeah. I have one question yeah. here from Luca E23. How long do we have to suffer seeing Taysom Hill playing quarterback? I, I don't know. And I'll be interested to see this film and watch it back because there was a lot of good about last week. He was week. really good the last week. I know. Week. Yeah. So I don't know what they're suffering on. Okay, you're 2-0. and Relax. All right? right. Um, but, yeah, obviously they had their issues with the pass game, things like that yesterday. But – Man, still, with what he brings to the table, I can promise you some of the runs you saw Kamara and Latavius Murray have are because of the Taysom Hill factor, too. And that's where, again, stats don't do a guy like that justice. But the Saints, they played it close to the vest, too. They knew who they were playing. They knew the only way they're going to lose the game is if their offense turns the ball over and lets Denver's defense score touchdowns. So they, they played, played very well. conservative. Played on, yeah. They played it the right way, no doubt. Dolphins beat the Jets 20-3. to Fitzvenge. <laughs> Fitz is that yours? Ben, it is mine. You didn't assist. It's yours? It's mine. Okay. Oh, you didn't think I could come up with that, huh? Why? You're, you're a quarterback. A I'm blonde. A what? Yeah, I, I am offended. What an <laughs> asshole you are. Brought to you by Hyundai. Okay? <laughs> I don't know if they want to be associated with that. <laughs> All right. Well, we can Well done, though. No. Fitzvenge, yeah. yes. Yeah. You know, Fitzvenge. We always go Fitz Magic or yep. Fitz Tragic, right? Like Whether it's Fitz, good. I like the this is Fitz Venge because, hey, he wanted to shove it up the Jets, you know, oh, yeah. where it don't shine. And his own team. And exa- that's exactly double right. Double shove. He wanted to shove it up his own team and go, oh, yeah, you want Tua? Hey, look at the offense. Check this out. We're kind of throwing the ball around today. Looks pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, so good for him. He, right. he certainly does bring more to that offense as far as a drop-back pass quarterback is concerned. And they know that, 39 attempts. I mean, Tua's not throwing the ball 29 times. I, I think that game could have been secret, secretly interesting if Tua played mm. because I don't think Greg Williams and that company was just going to let them run the ball and get away with the boots like we talked about. Right. Either way, good for Fitz, you know, and uh, we'll see. You know, they don't have to rush Tua back. If his thumb is really sore, you don't have a guy here that you have to go, oh, my gosh, we got to get him out and get Tua back in. Right. You know, they're in the thick of things, seven and four. He took care of the football yesterday and, you know, made a lot of good throws. And the surprise score, very collegiate-like. Falcons beat what? Raiders 43-6. to six. Man. You know, there's, like, the Dirty South and all that. You've ever heard, you know, down in Atlanta, like, they got done dirty in the South. That's my headline. Done dirty in the South. Uh, I don't know other than there's two things that would jump out to me. You know, the Raiders let the Chiefs beat them twice. Mm -hmm. And uh, I always talk about that. That's the thing in football. 
Yeah, Sunday night. Oh, devastating loss. We're so close. But, man, we're good. We're good. We're, we're this close to beating the best team in football. Look at us. Look at us. And nobody gets more complaints about their pro football PFT power ranking spots than the Raiders fans. You know, then nobody. It drives Florio crazy. He's always hearing from the radio. How come they're not higher? We beat the Chiefs this year. We beat the Saints, blah, blah, blah. Well, maybe this is why. But, I mean, total butt whooping across the board. Yeah. Coaches got their butt whooped. Players got their butt whooped. We haven't seen Derek Carr, you know, make mistakes like that. I don't want to really blame him. It's not on him. They couldn't protect. They couldn't run the football. They didn't run at all. No, not at all. And O-line just got pushed around. And then, hey, Raheem Morris, all those years, he was in Tampa with Gruden. That's another one where I'm going to be interested to check it out just to see mm. if he was over all over some of Gruden's concepts and tricks and things like that. You know, we used to play training camp football in Tampa, offense for defense, for real at times, where we would game plan for our own defense. And, like, the next day, we'd come out and go, oh, we got something for Monty Kiffin and Mike Tomlin today and, you know, Raheem Morris. We're going to screw them. They've been playing this coverage against us and this. And they would game plan against us, too. In so, practice. In like, practice like in training camp because yeah. you're just trying to, you know, liven things up. How are you going to adjust sure. if a team does this to you? You're doing those type of things. And I think because of that, he's got great feel for the, the Gruden attack. That is uh, the least to most surprising blowout addition there. Give me the headlines. Fitzvenge, my Fitz, favorite one of the That was so your very good. Yeah. Boom. Really, really well done. Before we say goodbye, <laughs> Monday night, Seahawks, Eagles, yeah. we got. I, I mean, I'm going with the Seahawks. There's no way. Uh, I, I'm, I'm interested, you know, from two things. You know, one, we saw the Seahawks play the Eagles last year two times, and they had a hard time. I mean, they won, but it was close football games. It's one of those games where a little the Eagles and that short passing attack and the dink and dunk and – you know, we've talked about it. Seattle doesn't play man-to-man. So they might be able to hang around and get six yards and seven yards and do all those type of things. But I was inspired or just at least, you know, happy with what I saw with the Seahawks defense the last time we saw them against Kyler Murray in Thursday Night Football. You know, they were a little bit more deceptive in coverage, a little bit more of, you know, are we blitzing, are we all dropping out, doing stuff like that that I really liked. And I thought it was one of their best defensive games of the year. And then as we see, Pete, do we got Chris Carson back tonight? I mean, I know Carlos Hyde's there. And when they just have a little semblance of a run game in Seattle, that just makes Kyler Murray, I mean Kyler Murray, Russell Wilson just too unstoppable. He just needs a little running game. And Pete's telling me Chris Carson. Carson's back. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm, I'm expecting a seven, eight-point win by Seattle. Here, I'll tell you, can I tell you my exact score just yeah. so I can get it out yeah. here? But I had, uh, I know I got we'll the Eagles winning. back out either way. Eagles winning, or Seahawks winning 28-17. 28-17, classic victory. score. Yeah, yeah double so, digits, okay. Yeah, but I like the Seahawks for and sure. Just in case it happens and, yeah. and we see a probably compromised Ravens team, Tuesday night, Baltimore-Pittsburgh, what do you think? I, I think this game is going to be closer than people want to give it credit for from the, just the desperation aspect for the Ravens that they're, they're underneath. The way Baltimore pushed around Pittsburgh, the first meeting, you know, they outplayed Pittsburgh. They lost the game the first time around. You know, but there's no Lamar Jackson. And I, it's hard to evaluate the game because I don't know who's going to be back for Baltimore. Right. You know, between the guys that were around COVID-19 guys and the guys who actually tested positive, it's just we're not sure who's going to be there, let alone if they have a game. But it'd be hard for me. I originally went with the Ravens. 
when I, the game was Thursday night, I went, I think Lamar Jackson and Baltimore are going to win an ugly, desperate game. Yeah. Um, I don't feel that it's, way now, though. Hard it's just to go that too way much now. to overcome. It's hard. So I, I would probably take the Steelers in a you know three, seven point game, something like that. Right. All right, man. You got to do without me for a week. All right. Ahmed is here on Wednesday. Ahmed's back on Wednesday. Yeah. Okay. Check it good. out. All yeah. right. We'll have you be ready. Pay attention to football. Okay. Don't cut down any more trees. All right. I don't <laughs> want you to get too worn out over there. <laughs> all right, everybody. Hope you enjoyed Chris Sims Unbutton, me and Paul Burmeister. We had a fun time, as always. Brought to you by Verizon. You know what? Wednesday, it's What the Fuck Happened podcast. Ahmed's back. Big Phil will be back this week. Hope everybody enjoyed their Thanksgiving weekend. Enjoy the Monday and Tuesday night football games. We'll see you Wednesday. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.